Hello, everyone, and welcome to James Cameron's Titanic Scene by Scene, where we are back for another scene. I'm Brittany Butler. I'm Ethan Brim. This one is when it really starts picking up uh, with the fictional side of the story. This is the woman in the picture, uh, according to the DVD scene selection (laughs) titles. So I actually own the book... Uh, Titanic, James Cameron's illustrated screenplay, Mm. which I actually didn't own until recently, and I have no idea why I didn't have it until recently. I think it's because it was a little expensive, and I guess that was just something... According to the back, it says in the U.S. it was $30. In Canada, it was like 40 something. But I guess, you know, for me, I was like $30 for a book. And I just. It is kind of a lot for a soft cover if you think about it. Yeah. But it is huge. It is yeah. huge. Um, so I just never got around to getting it. Uh, but I ordered it pretty recently to sort of have and function as my Bible for this project because mm-hmm. I found it on Amazon for like $10. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wow, okay, got to have this. So there's so many little bits of information that are super helpful and super just sort of important I guess to know and acknowledge that's actually really cool I mean I'm surprised that honestly it's not thicker because just (laughs) delving into this movie like each scene I'm getting so much so many notes just for like Mm -hmm. uh, five minutes of screen time so it it looks pretty in depth so Mm -hmm. uh that's cool because like I feel like some of that stuff won't be online either so uh, exactly yeah yeah, and because I mean I yeah like you said you're like a hardcore fan and you didn't even have the book so there's probably millions of people who don't (laughs) exactly I was like why don't I have this in my life when I saw it online I was like wait right yeah I need to own this that's cool but yeah it is it's it's super cool and it's literally the whole screenplay the whole script with just you know annotated little notes like oh this was cut out for this reason or Uh, whatever and it's just really interesting to know lines that were there and it, it, you know what I mean? And, and it's also just interesting to see as well, like how some of the lines that made it into the movie originally were written and how they changed. And yeah. sometimes it's difficult to picture it like the way it was originally written. I'm like, whoa, like good thing they changed that. Yeah, it's like deleted scenes almost or like a commentary, but actually yeah. for the screenplay instead of the movie. That's cool. Yeah, it's so good. So I'm excited for that to help us out a little bit mm-hmm. on this journey. Yeah, it'll be fun. So... We left off with Brock and his team uncovering the safe and bringing it up to the Keldish to open, and they're kind of counting their chickens before they hatch. Um, <laughs> like that, it's very presumptuous of them to just. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh <laughs> think yeah! That it's in the safe. They're so excited. You got Lewis shouting, Kaching! <laughs> and like all this stuff. And, uh, you know, who's the best? Who's the best? You are. Oh, yeah. Breaking out the champagne. Yeah, this is like the definition of... <laughs> <laughs> Of Caddy Chicken. They have, like, media there recording this and everything. Oh, man. I mean, they... they, It is crazy. Because they're they're on, like, a boat, right? So the media had to have already been there, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. According to the illustrated screenplay, he hired them to capture his moment of glory. (laughs) That's the exact thing it says. It says, there is a camera crew hired by Brock to capture his moment of glory. (laughs) So were they just, like, waiting up there? I guess so. (laughs) Gee, when this guy when's this guy coming back up? <laughs> and what if they didn't even find anything? Yeah, like, yeah. hey, wouldn't it be crazy if they didn't find anything? I know we're here for no reason, maybe. Like. <laughs> anyway, so they find this safe, they crack it open, and it's very nasty. Um, the effects that the ocean has 
on the inside of the safe. And it's also interesting how Brock just doesn't care at all about the fact that this is historical artifacts here. He's just going in there with his bare hand. Yeah. Not even that it's historical. It's just disgusting. Like, why would he want that on his hands? Well, yeah, but well, he's because he's looking for that diamond. He does not care. But it's the fact that he just takes it out and throws it with zero (laughs) regard to what this is. It could be like the manifest of the ship or like something extremely historically important. Well, because I'm I'm pretty sure that's uh, that's all moldy money. I think. Oh, is it what it is? Okay. Because well, we know. Well, no, because Carl, Carl. I, I said Carl right as I looked at my Walking Dead poster with Carl on it. We know that Cal took a lot of his money out of the safe before Oh yeah. Before the sinking, so I don't know if that's what that is, but I, I always assumed it was money. Even if it is money, wouldn't he want to just keep that stuff? I know. It's like, this is... You're, you're uncovering stuff from the Titanic. If, Why are you being so... There could be like, there could be like a million dollars in there. He doesn't know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Anyway, so... We see them uncover that stuff, and then we see this leather thingy that, you know, we don't know what it is right mm. now, but he throws that too, <laughs> which, it's, <laughs> which is terrible. Like, he just throws... God, yeah. Obviously, there's no diamond, and they're like, yeah, buddy, there's no diamond. I gotta... I do love what Lewis says, where he says, the same thing happened yeah. to Geraldo, and his career never recovered. <laughs> I thought about the... Geraldo Rivera Capone's vault thing like before he Mm -hmm. said that and then he said that I was like oh that's pretty funny (laughs) yeah I always liked that what a great thing to tell Brock in this moment (laughs) you know there's helping and there's hurting so you know cuts to them uh, taking care of these items that they found after Mm -hmm. the fact they're taking care of this leather sketchbook is what we find out uh, what it is it's such a great scene I I love this Brock partners would like to know how it's going Hey, Dave. Very high. Look, it wasn't in the safe. But hey, hey, don't worry about it. Still plenty of places it could be. Hell yes. The floor debris in the suite, the mother's room. Purse is safe on C-Deck. Jimmy Alpha's briefcase. A dozen other places. Guys, look, just got to trust my instincts. I know we're close. We just got to go through a little process of elimination. Hang on a second. Let me see that. Uh, We might have something here, guys. Where's the photograph of the necklace? We'll call you right back. Holy. I'll be goddamned. They're uncovering this drawing of this woman and she's wearing the necklace and it's like, whoa, I just, everything about this scene, it's kicking off the fictional uh, aspect of it like actually like like I know like Brock and all that wasn't they, they're yeah. not historically you know they're not like real people that went on this uh expedition or whatever but this is really uncovering you know the Rose story and everything mm. there's something so magical about it like the score that's playing in the background yeah. here it, it, it's this start of uncovering the past yeah it's um, like mystical almost yeah it's it's so good it's interesting to me like I always say like if this was my first time watching the movie I would be so interested I'd be like what is this like who is this person like where is this leading to you know mm-hmm. there's something about when they pan to the bottom corner of the drawing and it's signed and it's April 14th 1912 and mm-hmm. j- just that alone just conjures up like so many emotions to me 
it's it's almost it's almost like it's too much to even describe because it's this is what I mean by like human element the idea of time mm-hmm. passing and it's it's this element of the past where you're like okay where did this drawing come from I don't know it's it's just there's a story there yeah. you know what I mean so I, I like I collect coins and it's just like when I it's not really as personalized but you know you get a coin and it says like 1920 on it mm-hmm. like, who had this you know like it's just yep. a penny but like whose pocket was this in and yep. the idea that somebody owned this like someone in like a past uh generation like generations ago mm-hmm. like held held on to this and this like helped them get this or helped them achieve this you know was like a symbol of whatever like you have yep. no idea what this meant to somebody else and even just ha- as throw away of an item as like a coin mm-hmm. it's just the symbolism of that um, representing something decades ago, like mm-hmm. 85 years ago or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. it's insane mm-hmm. um, just to think about uh, the connection between you and, like, the person who had it last. Yep. Just looking at a piece of history. And to see an actual, like, signature, it's like someone actually had to make the conscious uh, decision to sign it, right? Mm-hmm. And especially, like, a, even a drawing. Like, they had, they took time on that. And just to, like, have that in your presence and, like, look at something that somebody actually took time to do sat there for however long to do it it's like really magical it is like I I can't even I'm this person that's kind of you know I think about my future a lot and I Mm -hmm. think about dying a lot not to get um (laughs) morbid but I mean it's a it's a part of life and you know this whole idea of time passing and getting older like once we meet Rose which you know we're about to in a minute that just really hits home for me in in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways just and it's just part of the the magic of the movie and the realness of the movie and the, the universal appeal that we mentioned a lot uh in our introduction you know, so they, they uncover this drawing and uh, they see that this woman in the drawing is wearing the necklace that they're after. So they're like, whoa, holy crap, like, or I'll be goddamned, as uh, Barack says. And uh, it's crazy because then because then like we'll see, you know, somebody else says that in the next scene. <laughs> <laughs> that always felt a little forced to me, but yeah, I know. Yeah, it was, yeah, that's just James Cameron. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, so it cuts to. Uh, this house, this very like cluttered house, but it's you know you you can tell <laughs> yeah, yeah. that it's, it's very lived in, which is nice. Yeah, it has and, character a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and then you know there's all these photos, and you know and we see Lizzie, who is Rose's granddaughter, feeding their little Pomeranian dog, and I love it's it's uh, when you know they show old Rose. You know, we don't know that's who she is uh, yet, but she's working on some pottery. And I love the way they, they show that and like like her super wrinkly arms. Like, mm-hmm. I wish I had a better way to say that, but um, <laughs> super wrinkly <laughs> arms. Um, she looks brittle. Yeah, you know, but, yeah. but it's not just that. It's just, you know, it's again, it's like, it's like, I, where has this woman been? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you just see this older person and, you, you know, you wonder their story and just, you know, I don't know, all the age spots and... You know, that is um, extra makeup that they put on Gloria Stewart because she was uh, in her 80s uh, when she filmed this movie and she had to look 100. So they put some aging makeup on her and she apparently was not a big fan of that. She didn't uh, (laughs) she didn't like the age makeup. Putting aging makeup on someone who's 84. Yeah. (laughs) But she's like, eh, I don't like this. Yeah, that's funny. But uh, but yeah, I love the way they show her doing pottery because, you know, even though she's clearly very old, like she's keeping herself busy and. Yeah. You know, there's something about that that I always liked. Rose, old Rose, was actually 
inspired by a woman named Beatrice Wood. Okay. And she's an American artist who actually died, I believe, at the age of 102. Cameron, James Cameron, wanted to find an elderly woman uh, that actually existed, similar to the character of Old Rose. Like, he wanted to know that it's possible for 101, 102-year-old woman to still be with it, to still be doing Mm -hmm. art like the way we see Rose in, you know, working on her uh, pottery. He wanted to know that and and prove to himself that that's a a plausible thing. Uh, Beatrice actually passed in 1998. And she lived in, is it Ojai, California? Ojai, yeah. Yeah, Ojai, California, which is actually where Rose lives, where old Rose lives. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, okay, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And this scene is so magical to me. Again, with this score in the background, it's perfect because the name of the song uh, is called Distant Memories, mm-hmm. and that's just, it's just perfect. Like, again, it's like this little tinkering, mysterious, uh, mystical, you know, thing going Mm -hmm. on with the music. And it's perfect. It kicks in right as Rose, like, turns her head and she's overhearing Brock on the TV where he's saying, you know, everyone's familiar with the stories of Titanic, the nobility of the band playing to the end and all that. That's actually a really interesting line. Um, According to the illustrated screenplay, when they showed the movie at you know, for test screenings, Mm -hmm. they ended up realizing how many people are actually very unfamiliar with the history of Titanic. Yeah. So... When it came time, you know, for the big sequence where the band starts playing until the very end, they got feedback that that seemed unrealistic. The band, that they they thought it was like corny or something? Yeah, they were like, like, this would never happen. That's funny. No, Uh, but yeah, but that actually happened. When in reality, yeah, that's like actually a part of history. (laughs) Yeah, because I always thought it was a cool part of the movie, and and it's really cool to know that it was part of the actual history. Mm Mm-hmm. But what's funny is that people didn't realize that it was. So when that scene came, they were like, okay, this is over the top. This is ridiculous. This would never happen. And they felt that way because this small little line with Brock talking on the TV actually wasn't in the movie at first. Oh, really? So during that test screening, that line wasn't in there. And people were like, wait, this is weird. So after they got that feedback, they went in and they had Bill Paxton, you know, record Again, yeah. and they put in this line, just subtly throwing it in, of yeah. everyone's familiar with the history of Titanic <laughs> and the, the nobility of the band playing till the end and all that. Like, they put that in subtly, and then yeah. when, when they did uh, test screenings again with that edit, there wasn't an issue anymore. You know, you know what's funny, though? I feel like that line was such, like, a, like you said, it's subtly in the background. Subliminal! I feel like when I watched this... Like, seeing the band play at the end, I wouldn't have even recalled him saying that at mm-hmm. the beginning. I don't know. Like, I guess people pay, were paying atten- more attention than I was. But <laughs> It's weird. Yeah. But I was like, I was like, wow. Cra- yeah. I feel like I wouldn't have even noticed that line because I was more focused on Rose. Like, I wasn't really paying as much attention to what he, what he was saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, interesting. Yeah. I thought that was really interesting. And that just goes to show, right? Like, a subtle change like that ended up making all the difference, like, later on yeah, in, that's in the so movie. Weird. And it, yeah, it's so easy to miss, one, but one voiceover mm-hmm. line, yeah, easy to miss, but it works. Mm-hmm. And then like she hears that, and you know looks over, and it's just the way she like gets up and starts walking, and you know she's she's you know yeah she's very frail, and there's just something about it, you know the way she's like turn that up, dear, and, and she's listening. 
Uh, and then whenever he says, you know, take a look at this drawing that we found just today, a piece of paper that's been underwater for 84 years, and my team was able to preserve it intact. I know the whole thing off by heart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, should this have remained unseen at the bottom of the ocean for eternity when we can see it and, and whatever. And it's the way she's looking at the screen that just kills me. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's like she's looking at this thing that, you know, she never thought she'd see again. Yeah. It's a part of her past, but, you know, she's she's moved on. But even though she kind of, we know she kind of hasn't, mm-hmm. you know, it, yeah. it's it's always, it's, it's always a part of her. Yeah. But, you know, she, she moved on. She's living her life and she sees this thing that it's like, whoa, never thought I'd see this. And uh, again, like mixed with the score, everything about this is so powerful to me. It's very emotional. Yeah. Something about yeah. it always kind of makes me almost want to tear up a little bit. Definitely. It's just, it's interesting because, I mean, if someone goes through something this traumatic, like I'm trying to, I was trying to envision, you know, I, I come across things that I haven't seen in what, 10 years or mm-hmm. 15 years. It brings back like this weird, like flashback or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, something's frozen in time that you never mm-hmm. thought you'd see again. Or, But there's this, like, this familiarity and it's, it's just eerie. Paused it and I actually sat there and tried to come up with like multiplying that by like seven or eight what would that be like to see something after 85 years 84 years like mm-hmm. I was literally trying to imagine that and I just couldn't and I can't I can't fathom that concept because I mean you know no. I'm not even 30 but it's just so <laughs> yeah. bizarre of a concept to me and I mean not in a bad way it's just I can't even imagine it you know mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying there's something so subtly powerful about yeah. it and, and she knocks this thing out of the park, by the way. Oh, Gloria Stewart? Yeah. The casting of Gloria Stewart is actually kind of nice. Um, he wanted to find... It, it was difficult to find an actress old enough, uh, you know, someone who's in at least, you know, their late 80s or to look old enough to begin with, yeah. but is still with it enough to do this. And also someone who is sort of relatively unknown to the general public. Like, he was thinking, like, oh, should I get, like, a big, well, well-known well actress or something? But then he's like, no, no, it should probably be better to find someone with a little bit of um, anonymity, anonymity to them um, because that way it would be more believable to picture this woman as, a, as an old Kate Winslet. Yeah. You know, because if we were looking at the actress and thinking, that's this person, it would be yeah. like, you know. <laughs> and and it's funny because, like, a lot of times old actresses or actors, um, like, they kind of have, like, a like they don't really deliver lines the same way. I right. don't know why. It's like, you see it in, like, sitcoms a lot where they, they're very, like, stiff with their deliveries. But see, that's funny, though, because you had asked me about my opinion on Bill Paxton's performance, and yeah, that's, like, what, was, what you felt a little iffy about. Yeah. But for me, out of all the performances, like, ever since I was younger, actually, Gloria Stewart's was, like, oh, man. the only one that always sort of stood out to me here and there because of that, because of really? the way she delivers some of the lines. I thought yeah. she was really good. I thought she was really good. I mean, again, I want to put it out there. I am in no way hating on this movie in any way, shape, or form when I point <laughs> out any of these little baby, yeah, baby, baby issues. Um, like, yeah. no matter what, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I still love every single part of this movie. And I yeah. and I do love Gloria Stewart in this role. Like, obviously, I can't picture anyone else at this point. But it's just, yeah, there's just a few little things here and there um, sure. where it just sort of feels like... 
you know, a little scripted, a little bit like she's she's reading, she's she's memorized yeah, this and I, she's saying it sort of thing. But again, I give her slack, you know. <laughs> but I but see for me like so also like I think like I've talked about, I'm not the biggest fan of of James Cameron's dialogue. Yeah, sometimes a lot of times. <laughs> so I think with what she's given, she does a really good job of like honing in that emotion right. and making us feel just in her eyes, like maybe maybe her line delivery because of the dialogue, but just her ex- facial expressions I think are spot on, and and yeah, she, you can see behind her eyes, and right. she makes that come off as incredibly realistic, and I think it's mm-hmm. like really impressive. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. I totally see that um, throughout the movie a lot. Yeah. She's old. You know, she's 100 years old. She's a little sassy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I think is cute because yeah. I feel like Rose would be <laughs> into her old age. Yeah. See, it feels like she actually was there and actually experienced this. Like, I didn't... Yeah. I mean, even just... Yeah, just looking at the drawing on the TV, I do love her facial expression there. Yeah. Like, she looks like mystified by mm-hmm. it and then she like squints a little bit like wait what the heck like yeah. like is this real right now yeah yeah there's I know it, it yeah, just felt just so real and she, and she was she was actually nominated for an Oscar for this yeah uh, supporting uh, actress at the time yeah. she was the oldest person to be nominated and she was 87 mm-hmm. so it cuts to uh, Brock and his team getting ready to launch another submersible that night um and they get a call, and it, and it's interesting. People have always asked, like, how did Rose know how to <laughs> reach reach this research? I didn't ship? even think about that for some reason. <laughs> she was watching it on the news. She knew what news channel it was. Maybe she got in contact with them and was like, "Can you please get me in contact with Brock? Yeah. I was a Titanic survivor." This is the nineties. Um, People will send you through pretty easily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah, I'm assuming it was something like that, and. Yeah. Uh, and maybe she used her knowledge of the necklace to get through. Yeah, you go. Uh, yeah, she's like, hey, to the line. That's my necklace. So. And because she knows that he's a treasure hunter. Yeah, exactly. Because they said like treasure hunter Brock Lovett has blah blah blah. Um, so I guess maybe she's assuming that that's what he's looking for. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I love you know he, he the way you got to speak up. She's kind of old. She's oh great, old. she's a hundred. <laughs> Um, so he gets on the phone and this is like one of those scenes where I'm like, I feel like she's kind of reading lines, you know? Yeah. I I was just wondering if you had found the heart of the ocean yet, Mr. Lovett. Told you you wanted to take the call. All right, you have my attention, Rose. Can you tell us who the woman in the picture is? Oh, yes. The woman in the picture is me. But no, I, I do. I, I do like how um, how sassy she is. Uh, and I love that with the, can you tell us who the woman in the picture is? And she's so sassy <laughs> with the, oh, yes, the woman in the picture is me. So matter of fact, like, yeah, it's me. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's me. <laughs> okay, like, I mean, what are the chances, by the way, like, of all the, she was probably like one of the remaining survivors of this, of this super disaster disaster yeah and it just happens to be the woman in the picture that's, <laughs> that's funny but yeah this whole opening scene right here i think it reopens the past um super well mm-hmm. i just i love it i think it kicks off everything so great and uh i can't wait to actually we're get, we're getting in you know deeper and deeper as we go here oh, obviously yeah. but yeah i just love it so so yeah so that's everything i think all right so we're good on the woman in the picture Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's just, like I said, there's almost so much about the whole idea of her, you know, looking at this and just everything. We're going to get into more of that in the next yeah, scene. Yeah, next I think scene is, is even, like, it's, it's so, so good. It's amazing. It's, oh, it's so perfect. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, it's so great. So we will see you guys in the next scene. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thanks.